conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion... Hello there, folks. Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that dares to ask the question, Oh, hey there. How you doing? I'm Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always, accent ready to go, it's Anna Otto. How are you, Anna? What are you talking about? Why does everybody say that? I want you to know, so when Gage and I first met, we did a Christmas show together, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the characters, like a bunch of the characters, it was... Uh, it took place in Wisconsin, and everybody was supposed to do exaggerated Wisconsin accents. And I said to Gage, like, we were not dating or anything yet. I pulled him aside. I was like, hey, can you help me with this accent? I have no idea how you guys are doing it. And he goes, oh, that's just because you already talk like that. <laughs> I'm still marrying this man. Yeah. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, also, another thing I'm going to say before we get into it about my life. Uh, before my grandma passed away, she had a really thick accent mm-hmm. like this. And um, every time I talked to her on the phone, my accent would get exponentially worse. And so I was laughing while we were watching this because every once in a while they'd say something and I'd be like, I do not sound like that. And Gage would be like, yes, you do. Like every time they go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was the other thing? Oh, they said, yeah, no, in this, which I found out is like a Midwest thing saying, oh, yeah, no. Or, oh, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what do, what do they mean? Yeah. What does each one mean? Um, yeah, no is like, no. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah is yeah. yeah. What, what about yeah, no, yeah? Um, that's probably a yeah. I'd have to hear the conversation. Yeah, I think it is just the last word that you throw on in. Yeah. There. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast... It's been done before. No, yeah, no, of course it's been done. By either one of us. (laughs) Dan, did you do that in Illinois? Like, was that a thing before you came to Wisconsin? Yeah, not with the accent, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. But we don't have, I don't have an accent. Uh, Your wife has an accent. You both have accents. Yeah, and she's a radiant, gorgeous queen with a beautiful speaking voice. Yes. So I don't know. Correct. You also both have very strong Wisconsin accents. I don't have a very strong accent. Chicago accent because when I was in middle school I was like I don't want one so I forced it out of myself much to the detriment you of my have... own personal enjoyment because it would be a lot more fun if I was like hot dog all the time but I'm not I'm like hot, hot dog. dog I I don't say hot I say hot and it's disappointing Yeah how do you say Wisconsin Wisconsin Not Wisconsin Wisconsin uh, nasal damn Wisconsin Wisconsin Wisconsin. Who are you, Count Dracula? Wisconsin. Like, I feel like you're coming to suck my blood. Like, that's literally the vibe. The two words that I say um, very wrong are, mm-hmm. or I guess I say catch instead of catch. Like, I'm very high okay, on the A. I say catch. Um, and I say words with a long U-L sound. I say, like, skull. I say it so oh, yeah. far in the back of my throat. 
Yes, we had this conversation. I think it was last week because I say skull. Yeah, skull. Like a normie. Yeah, you say it like a regular person. I'm just trying to make myself more interesting after I tried to remove everything interesting about my accent 15 years okay, ago. I didn't know I had an accent until I got to college and nobody could understand me when I said, hey, can you hand me my bag? No one could understand you. You went to college 30 minutes away from where you grew up. I know, but shockingly, there were not a lot of people, like, in my class, nobody else was born and raised in Wisconsin. No one. No one in the entirety of your Marquette University graduate. Well, no, I'm talking about, like, my theater, Uh, the theater class, specifically. No, they were all very erudite. Even, um, in my digital media class, 99% of the people I knew were all from Illinois, I feel like. Interesting smatterings of other i'm trying to think i'm racking my brain there's probably somebody in our theater class who's like oh, from wisconsin, but i'm 99 <laughs> sure they're all like the one other person who was from wisconsin was not from wisconsin she moved there in high school mm. so and there's a purity test period it, it comes to cheese you close your eyes and you have to say which one's from vermont and which one's from wisconsin how long do you have to have lived somewhere to say that you are from somewhere um I would say... Okay, do you not hear your accent right there? No. Um, I would say... I do not say... Oh, this is going to be the whole time. I'm sorry, dear listener. <laughs> oh, this is going to um, be the I whole time. I would say... Ah! <laughs> I would say that you have to be, like, five years lived there to say that you are from there when somebody else asks you, like, from outside the state, be like, oh, I'm from Nashville. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like if you're in Wisconsin or, like, wherever it is that you're from, like, how do I word this? So, I lived in Wisconsin. I don't know. I lived in Wisconsin for roughly five and a half years. Mm-hmm. During that point, was I able ever able to say, oh, yeah, I'm from Wisconsin? I feel like you should have said, I'm from Illinois, but I live in Wisconsin. Even five and a half years in. Yeah. Mm. How elitist of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you tell the difference between a Vermont and a Wisconsin cheese? No. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the movie that we're talking about today is Fargo. Fargo. Together. That was on purpose. We go far. Wells, Fargo. I got it. Um, yes. Written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, starring Francis McDormand, William H. Macy, Steve Buscemi, Harvey Presnell and Peter Stormare with cinematography by Big Rog, Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm. Released on March 8th, 1996 with a budget of $98 million. No, it was 98 minutes long with a budget of $7 million. I don't know where they would have I have a question. Yes. Uh, is everyone named Roger a Big Rog? Uh, everyone who's important who's a Roger is a Big Rog. So, like... Mm-hmm. Roger Deakins, yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert, absolutely. Roger Federer, 100%. Roger Rabbit? No. Oh. He's Slim Raj. <gasps> oh. He's okay. Slippery Raj. Wow. He truly is. Who's another Roger? Um, Mr. Mm, that's Fred. Big Raj, Mr. Fred Rogers. <laughs> With a budget of $7 million, it made $60.6 million at the box office. 
on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a 94% approval rating uh, with an average rating of 8.8 out of 10. Violent, quirky, and darkly funny, Fargo delivers an original crime story and wonderful performance by McDormand. Big Raj, Roger Ebert, declared it his best film of 1996. It was the fourth best of all of the films in the 90s, according to him. This has been added to the oh. National Film Registry in 2006. Uh, mm-hmm. The WGA ranked the film's screenplay as the 32nd greatest ever. At the Academy Awards, it was nominated for seven Oscars, winning two. Uh, it was nominated for Best Film Editing, Best Cinematography, Best Supporting Actor for William H. Macy, uh, Best Director, and Best Picture. And it won Best Original Screenplay and Best Actress for Frances McDormand. Slay Queen. Do you know what it lost Best Picture to? In 1996? Yes. You're not going to get it. Can I have a hint? Um, it's about World War Two. Is it Saving Private Ryan? It is not. It is The oh. English Patient. Oh, bleh. Hiss. <laughs> Boo. Hiss. Boring snooze. I've always I know seen... I'm going to catch flack for that. But... Well, it's two and a half hours long. You're fine. It is kind of boring. The snooze patient. The sleeping patient. And I love long movies. A thumbs movies. down. Yeah. No, I've only seen clips of it, and I'm like, wow. He's really... Rafe Ray Fiends is really attractive, okay. but that's about it. He is a king. But... Sometimes it doesn't matter how good the actor is. Mm-hmm. The movie can still suck. You know? That's just the vibe. That's true. That is not what happened with Fargo, though. All the actors No, this great, movie and it flew slaps. by... It's slayed, honestly. I liked it a lot. Yeah. No, me too. I I didn't really know what the plot was or anything. I knew there was a murder, uh, Mm -hmm. and it was set in Minnesota, despite being called Fargo. Um, But this is such... It just keeps rolling. This movie just rolls along. Yeah, I don't get why it was called Fargo, but I guess they could have called it the Twin Cities, and it would not have rolled off the tongue quite as well. Uh, The original name was Brainerd but that did not roll off the tongue as well and wasn't as interesting as Fargo. Hmm. Okay. Well, sorry if you can hear the rustling of my Kleenexes. I have COVID. Hmm. So, anyway. Good thing Dan and I aren't in the same room. No, anyway. we normally record in the same room. Mm-hmm. I fly out once a week. Yes. Take that, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> With your personal jet bills. Um... No, I, I I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. I love a good murder mystery. Murder. Yeah. I didn't want to say murder, but there's no mystery this time. It's just murder. It's just murder, but the murder doesn't actually happen until like an hour in. I loved it. I freaking loved this movie. I, I think it was because for me, the things I like the most are I love a good accent. Mm-hmm. They make me feel safe, even though I also am like, <laughs> hey, I don't sound like that. Apparently I do. Hey, I don't sound like um, that. It was a personal attack when uh, the son said that he wanted to go hang out with his friends at McDonald's because mm-hmm. that's what me and my friends did when we were in high school. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. You hung out at uh-oh. McDonald's? There was nowhere else cool to hang out. It was either that or my friend's basement. Yeah. So if we wanted food, yeah, we had to go up to McDonald's. Uh, there's tons of cool things to do in your hometown. I'm not going downtown. You're not going to downtown Franklin? 
Well, we didn't have the rock when I was in high school. Yeah, but you had a target. Don't. I knew you were going to say some tomfoolery. <laughs> yes, we had a target. <laughs> but we would go to the McDonald's. You didn't go to the uh, Hampton Inn and Suites lobby? That didn't exist when I was in high school. Oh, you didn't go to the, try, the Staybridge Suites Milwaukee Airport lobby? No. I did stay there for a birthday party once, though. You could have gone to... There's not much in Franklin. Wow. <laughs> I told you. Okay, it's popping now because we have our own minor league baseball team. Go Milkmen. Yeah, that's true. I thought they were in Kenosha. My mom? No, that's the Kingfish. Listen to yourself. Listen to how you say no. I'm just trying to pull your no. accent out. You were just like, no, that's no. the Kingfish. <laughs> I, I told you whenever. It's a problem. Whenever I used to talk to my grandma on the phone, phone. it used to get worse. And whenever I watch things where my accent is mentioned, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know why. It just happens. Well, you know how there's a thing that people do like sympathetic accents where they start to talk like the people that they're talking to? Yeah. Um, I just like to imagine you doing that, but it keeps slipping into a Wisconsin accent no matter. Like you're talking to a British oh. person and you're like, oh, fish and chips. I was told that also my mom has a really thick accent, which she denies too. But mm. she and I will just be like, oh, no, on the phone. Or be like, oh, yeah. yeah it's really Sometimes ha- I hear her go, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to uh, acknowledge. Uh, I'm not going to say flaws, but acknowledge your, your differences. When you it's just such a lame it. accent. Like, the whole country got sexy southern accents. You got sexy New sexy York accents. Sexy southern accents. Sexy New I'm York accents. Like, yeah, what? those are the two I think are sexy. Oh, Mr. Beauregard, I'm sweating oh, like I a whore in church. Oh, somebody crack a window. Lady is Okay, maybe whispering. not like Clarabelle Cow Southern accent, like, but you oh, know. Oh, oh, eight air, sexy. That was not a... What was that? was me. That was you. I was trying to do a New York accent. Uh, New York. Hey, New York. Hey, yeah, <laughs> this is such a sexy accent. Hey, come over I'm here. Come to my tiny apartment. But then, like, then you get this, oh, hey there, you want to come over and we can drink a couple of sodas? And, well, people around here say soda, but yeah, in some it's parts soda of the state, correct. they say pop. Yeah, thank you. I'll never forget, I went to a boyfriend's house in Ohio, mm-hmm. and his mom said, would you like something to drink? And I said, what sodas do you have? And she laughed. What? She laughed because they say pop. Absurd. Crying, screaming, crying, throwing up. <laughs> Um, she said, oh, your little accent's so cute. Oh, what was... I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Oh, well. Anyway, my accent's probably going to be bad this episode because we're talking about it. Episode. It's the O's. It's just the O's. I just can't tell if I do that normally. It might be worse. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> That's good. There's this one podcast that I listened to where um, they were talking about something happening in New York, and as a result, the one podcast host who's from New York, mm-hmm. her accent was significantly stronger than usual. And yeah. I was like, that's such a fucking mood. Here we go. Uh, so anyway, in Fargo, it's 1987. It says that this good is year. based... Yeah, I remember that year well. It says this is based mm-hmm. on a true story. Uh, it's not. Yeah, I can't remember what I think it was in one of our classes in college, the one that I thought you and Dan, and uh, Tom took with me, but mm-hmm. you didn't. Um, where I heard that people like went out and tried to find the money that was buried in this movie. Spoiler alert! But like, it wasn't 
there because it's not real. Yes. And so the town had to say, hey, yo, this isn't real. Stop digging up our dirt. <laughs> visit Brainerd, but don't don't come for the money. There's nothing there. Don't visit that hard. <laughs> uh, come so for the Paul Bunyan. It's 1987, and Jerry Lundegaard, uh, sniveling little car salesman, uh, who sucks as a person, he True. is desperate for money. He's trying to get a million dollars from his father-in-law, Wayne Gustafson. Uh, Who is kind of a... He gives me the ick. Sure. Everybody gives me the ick. You don't ick think so? No, I agree. I think most of them do. And any car salesman well, I was, does. Yeah. Sorry, car salesman. No we disrespect. Just don't be icky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, desperate for money. So, you know how he figures out that he's got to get money? He's got to have his wife kidnapped. The scream I scrumped when I figured it out. Uh, so he gets a mechanic to arrange a meeting for Jerry uh, in Fargo at a bar with Carl Showalter and Gare Grimsrud. Grimsrud. Scary name. Uh, but what Steve Buscemi was giving with the mustache this movie. Steve Buscemi was great in this. I said, okay, King. See, that's the problem. I said to Gage, I was like, I think the reason why I like Coen Brothers movies so much is because they always cast people I really enjoy. <laughs> And I love Steve Buscemi, in case you didn't know. That makes it really... I'm so interested that you haven't seen True Grit. I know, I know. It's got Matt Damon. Cowboys are... But cowboys. Yeah. Like, I like cowboys in my sexy books. Sure. But if they're not, like, you know... But it's it's Matt Damon with a mustache. Hold on. Let me give this a goog. And... True Grit. And Domhnall Gleeson. Um, hang on. Matt Damon. True. Grit. Hit me with these images. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Wait, hold on. What year is this? 2010. No, no, no. What year does the movie take place in? Uh, 1870-something. I don't say. It's, it's, like, hot, but it's also kind of giving, like, wrong side of the war, so I don't really know. <laughs> it's post-war, I think. Okay. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, this is the one. This is the one that Haley Haley Steinfeld had her her big debut in, right? Yes, she's great in it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's all coming clear to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll give it a watch. Thank you for listening to our Fargo podcast, where we recommend other movies for Anna to watch based on attractiveness. <laughs> Such is life. So I got nothing to do tomorrow. I'm on my last day of quarantine. So, uh, so they agreed to do the job. They Jerry gives them a new Oldsmobile, oxymoron, uh, and he promises them half of the ransom money, which will be eighty thousand uh, dollars. So then he pitches a real estate deal to his father-in-law Wade, because um, he thinks he will give him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to finance it. Um, mm-hmm. an unsecured loan basically here just give me this so I can build a parking lot oh, that doesn't seem like a well thought out plan if I'm being honest no why not go to a bank is it because you have no financial backing to get a loan like this yes I bet he has a horrible credit score and 
his father paid for their house. I 100% believe that. Yeah. But he seems kind of like a loser and a half. I will say. His kid doesn't even respect him. That's true. His kid doesn't respect him. And I respect the kid for that. Kid went to McDonald's, so he's good in my book. I will say, if there are any fathers who want to buy a house for me, gladly accepting. I already bought my house, but if somebody wants to give me money, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, So he tries to call off the kidnapping, um, but then he's not actually getting the money. because they'll make the deal themselves and Jiro get a modest finder's fee instead. Instead of all the money to pay off the ransom and have all the money, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Just a finder's fee. Hmm. I would have been like, what's your fee? $750,000. Try me, bitch. Deadpan. But also it's your father-in-law and I don't think... Well, then again, I can't say that I wouldn't picture myself saying that to Jim because he's just a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, I feel like if he was hideously rich, he would just give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Jim, if you're listening, love you, babe. My father-in-law would absolutely not offer anyone that much money. That's fair. That's very fair. I'm saying if Jim was hideously rich. Like, not if he had... Like, I'm talking won the lottery, obscenely wealthy. He would pay for me engaged, no doubt in my mind. That is a question I love to ask people. If you won an absurd amount of money, what would be mm-hmm. the f- frivolous thing that you bought? Like, not, oh, I'll buy a frivolous? house or a car. Like, what What would be the real just... I'd buy a Birkin bag. You'd buy a Birkin bag? I would, cr- I would buy some stuff at Hermes uh-huh. so that I could buy my Birkin bag. Okay. But I would also donate. I would pay off my no, house. Ignore, ignore all the actual feasible, like smart oh, things. Okay, and, like, then charitable I would things. just buy a, a Birkin yeah. bag. Yeah. No. Oh, great. I love it. Mm-hmm. How about you? Probably a stupid, nice bicycle. Okay. Okay. Or, Not as expensive as a Birkin bag. I don't so know. I'm feeling what, a little I, guilty right now. I don't know how much a Birkin bag costs. Let me look it up because you have to be invited to purchase one, first of all. Stupid. So this would be years in the making. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure you could get an invite by saying, hey, I have a million dollars. It's like a status thing. Like, if you listen to any lady rappers, a lot of them rap about it. Um, If you go on used, I'm looking at two different bags. This pink one is $24,000. Okay. But I'm looking at this limited edition calfskin one. It's $249,000. Yeah, that's more expensive than I... It's a handbag, right? They can cost anywhere from 10000 to $2 million. Great. Yeah, so um, catch me with the Birkin. If you see me with the Birkin, it's because I won the lottery. Done. So if you're ever trying to find somebody to rob, look and see if they have a Birkin bag. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, so, Carl and I can never. So I'm. I heard them say his name in the movie. Carl and Blondie. And Blondie, sure. Bleach Blonde. I can't remember his name either. I'm horrible with names. You know, I always call him by the actors. Yeah, but the issue is we don't know his actor either. Mm-hmm. It's. We'll just call him Blondie. Peter Stromare. From Prison Break. Mm-hmm. Um. Gage knew him because he and his dad like prison prison break. Uh, so they go to kidnap Jean, and at first she escapes them by faking that she escaped through the bathroom window, but it turns out she was just iconic hiding behind the shower curtain. 
smart queen, honestly. Smart queen, and it would have worked, too. Mm-hmm. So they kidnap her. They're driving up to a cabin in Moose Lake, Minnesota. Have you ever been to Moose Lake? I've never been to Minnesota except for their airport, so no. Oh. Well. I've been to Minnesota. There's tea about that. I can tell you later. I don't so want to hear my, my family drama on the podcast. Uh, so they get stopped by a state trooper in Brainerd because they have temporary registration tags, or they don't have any tags mm-hmm. at all, and they need their temporary registration tags. Uh, Steve mm-hmm. Buscemi tries to bribe his way out of it with a $50 bill. That part had me screaming. I was like, oh, my God. I would never have the guts to do something like that. Would you have the guts to kidnap someone? No, number one, I guess not. (laughs) I would only return someone if I found them kidnapped. I would have the guts to babysit a kid and make sure they nap. Yeah, that's very true. I fancy myself the person that if a kid was being kidnapped, they would come to me and be like, hey, I'm being kidnapped, and I would help them, you know? Yeah, and that's great, and I hope they do. I mean, I hope they don't, but I hope they do. Yeah. I fancy myself that as well, but I also look like me. And I know they would not come up to me and say that. They'd be like, he's helping them. No offense, Dan, you're a man. That's true. I get so disappointed (laughs) when I'm like walking on the street and I'm just like walking a distance behind a woman. Not just because I am going to pass her at some point and Mm -hmm. she like feels the need to stop or adjust her pace. Grab her Birkenbag. Yeah. Well, if it's a Birkenbag, Mm -hmm. it's because I'm going to rob her. But. Snatch your Birkenbag. <laughs> I feel so sad that they have to protect that. I understand why they feel like the, feel the need that they have to protect themselves like that, but it's so sad. If it makes you feel better, Dan, I tell others, including Gage on a regular basis, that men who go to the movies alone makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Hi. I know. <laughs> I know. I got scared when we saw the the newest Spider-Man live action movie because a single man sat next to me and I mm-hmm. made Gage switch places with me and I was anxious the entire time. Oh my gosh. He got up to go to the bathroom midway through and I thought that was the end of the line. <laughs> What's he doing? I wish He's I was going kidding. to get the guns. He just wanted Literally, to... Literally, I wish I was kidding. He wanted to see all the Sinister Six come back and then now he can bring his guns out. Literally, that's what I was scared of and I know it's dumb, but like as a woman... These are the things I think about. Whereas men are like, hot dog, I get to go see Spider-Man alone without anyone, any children, any family to bother me? This is the best day of my life. I did see Spider-Man Homecoming alone. Yeah. It was great. There were two other people in the theater. A mother and a child who had just beaten cancer or something. So I turned around and I said, congrats. I don't know. Interesting. I didn't really converse with them know? much. Like, because they, they were talking were about they... him beating cancer. And I'm like, that's wonderful. Oh, I thought you meant like you just assumed. <laughs> hey, hey, kid. Congrats on beating cancer. What? I'm just bald. <laughs> God. Uh, so the trooper hears Jean whimpering in the back seat after they told her to shut up. So then they shoot him and then they kill two passersby who kind of chase him down. They have a Slow mm-hmm. speed car chase in the snow. Very exciting. I like how that scene is shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. You know what we can thank for that? The Cohen brothers? Big Raj. Oh, yes. The Deke. Do you know what other yes. movies he's been the cinematographer for? No. I can tell you. A lot of them. 
Oh, okay. Uh, he was the cinematographer for The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, brother, where art thou? Boo! Whoa. Yes! Uh, a Beautiful Mind. Eh. 1917. Now, pause. These are a lot of male-centric films. Yes. Where are the women? Okay. Uh, Empire of Light. Don't know her. Uh, Is there a woman in that? Yes. Okay. It stars Olivia Coleman. Okay. Uh, True Grit. A child, but still a girl, I guess. No Country for Old Men. Well. That's men. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Mm. There, now that you say it, there are a lot of men movies. Uh, Cundon. But there's also a lot of, like, historical fiction and historical films. Yes. Like, I would even deign to say that Shawshank Redemption, which I find to be so painfully slow and boring, mm-hmm. literally... I know people die in that movie, but watching that movie for me is a slow death. Wow. I'm sorry to Stephen King. You need to apologize to all the men on IMDb. Sorry to the men. (laughs) (laughs) I would never (laughs) apologize to a man. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Okay, here's another one. Doubt. Meryl? Mm -hmm. Based on the play? Mm -hmm. About the nuns? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Slay. (laughs) traumatizing just kidding I, that's a that's also a boring movie to me sorry everyone i would say the follow-up to slay uh of literally traumatizing that's basically what mm-hmm. doubt's about literally traumatizing uh back to traumatizing not traumatized by any of this is police chief marge gunderson seven months pregnant pause mm-hmm. her husband what else has he been in dan tell me uh I recognized him, but I couldn't tell you. He was an American horror story freak show as Twisty the Clown, who is my son. <laughs> Love Twisty. This is a Twisty household. Now the character fucked up, mm-hmm. but his backstory was sad. And so um, Gage is like, Anna, it's Twisty. And I was like, so slay we love norm in this house okay continue i use bare minimum twitter but we love him i realize i have seen him in one other thing what the trial of the chicago seven another history film another history boy movie oh another history film yeah fill them up the seats Everybody's coming to town for these. Uh, So Uh she's investigating with her other state trooper or police chief partner, who's pretty dumb. Yeah. Who's really dumb. And they were like, well, I saw in his notes that he had written DLR. Uh, So uh, we sent everybody out looking for plates that start with DLR. And she's like, do you think that meant dealer? Yeah, I left when she was like, oh, I don't agree with your uh, police workman. Right. Policeman work. She's inc- what I meant. an incredible uh, manager uh, of she egos. She is a wonderful woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's, I'll say it. She seems like a strong woman. Yeah, no, she is. Inc- I will say that uh, Frances McDormand, uh, I, I, was, I don't know why I said I will say. It's not like I'm making some mm-hmm. grand proclamation. She's great in this movie. She slayed. Yeah. She's the reason it all comes she together. Was- Yes, I really liked her character. Um, at first, I was a little confused. I was like, how's this all fitting? Like, all these different storylines. But she really killed it, mm-hmm. I think. And say what you will, maybe I'm reading into this so m- too much, but, like, it was kind of a sleigh that she was pregnant doing it, too. Right? Women can do like, anything. It was it was giving feminism. 
Women can do anything. And it's also... Women can do anything. Men can do in heels, pregnant, whatever. I think it, it also works because they don't draw attention to it. She is just pregnant. It, it is a thing mm-hmm. that people go through. I'm making this sound really... It's just a part of her life. Yeah. I'm making it sound really appealing. It's you just know, a part people of just go through it. Yeah. Like depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens to you sometimes. <laughs> Pregnancy. It's depression with an outcome. I mean, more like an outcome <laughs> with depression because postpartum is real. So. Uh, so, also, when they said that the license plate started with DLR, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to send my... My Instagram I name. I thought of you instantly. I was like, DLRAAR? <gasps> Is it me? My son? On Instagram? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So they figure out that they checked into a nearby motel with two call girls, and they have the least appealing sex in the world. Um, I said to Gage, respectfully, as a fan of Steve Buscemi, every time he has sex in a movie or TV show that I'm watching... Mm-hmm. I think I always scream because it takes me by surprise. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know why. I just never expecting it. And then all of a sudden he's getting, he gets more. I think I've seen him in more sex scenes than any other actor. I don't keep track, so I don't know. It's just because I watched Boardwalk Empire and everybody was getting their dick wet on that show, especially Nucky Thompson. So Good for them. Steve, constantly getting ridden. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, also, they then, after having sex, do the best thing in the world, and that's watch Johnny Carson. Low-key, re- how many parts of this movie are, like, low-key relatable? I mean, I don't have a TV in my room, and I'm not going into the details of my sex life. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're in a hotel room, and you're putting on Johnny Carson. It kind of makes sense, yeah. right? Especially now, in 2023. Okay, not like that. But you know what I mean? Like, the reruns of shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they she goes and she questions the call girls, and then she goes to the car dealership, where Shep, mm-hmm. the man who gave Jerry the people to get in contact with, um, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Jerry's like, no, no cars are missing. I don't know what you're talking about. He's a horrible liar, also. Yeah, he is. I do like the one scene of him practicing being distraught on the phone. That was hilarious to me. I was dying over that. I'm just going to say, Dan, did you find this movie to be, how do I put this? Kind of relatable, minus the crime <laughs> part. The You mean the... Um midwesternness of it all like the quintessential midwesternness yes a hundred percent oh thank god because i was like am i the only one who's like every scene that's happening except for the crimes are like i've been in all of these yeah i can relate i feel like this is something i could say i've experienced in some way or other like staying in a random hotel in the middle of nowhere because you're on a road trip Mm -hmm. or like you know going to mcdonald's hanging out with your friends or like yelling at a car salesman (laughs) Or even not no at offense, this level, sorry, practicing being emotional on the phone. Practicing making a phone call before you call the doctor to make your appointment. Like, come on. Hi. Um, okay, Anna, you're a big girl. You can do this. Mm-hmm. You're 20 Your in-laws years doing old. a pop-in. Mm-hmm. My in-laws don't do a pop-in, but my grandparents, God rest their souls, used to do pop-ins all the time. And I used to see the way that affected my parents. So I can only imagine, you know? My aunt and uncle live two doors away from my parents. So that's pretty frequent. 
Um, my parents mm-hmm. did say when I was in college, we will never pop in on you without letting you know. We will tell you if we yeah. are coming. My parents did the same thing, and I said, oh, thank God. Like, it's just quintessential Midwest. Mm-hmm. The only thing they were missing was some casseroles. For real. Absolutely. The, even the boots that... Even, literally. Even the boots that Frances McDormand was wearing, I was like, why does everyone I know own those boots in the winter? <laughs> like, those are the I have to go stomp around in the woods in the snow and muck for a few hours boots. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just minus the crime relatable. Uh, speaking of relatable, Marge goes uh, on a dinner, not date, but reconnects over dinner uh, with a high school classmate named Mike. This part was weird. Who is the saddest man in the world. His wife has died. I was crying. He tries to romance Marge immediately after saying, Oh, so you're with Norm now. That part was so cringe. And he like goes and tries to sit by her and put his arm around. Oh my God, I wanted to shower. But she is a strong woman. She's mm-hmm. a bad bitch. Right. Also... Mm-hmm. She seems very happy in her marriage. Why would she? Oh yeah. Why would she try and try and break that? With yeah. Sad Mike. No, she and Norm were thriving together. Right. Uh, so they were complimenting each other so well. Carl demands that Jerry hands over all the ransom money, not half, all of it, um, mm-hmm. and to return to Minneapolis. So he's like, okay, you need to give him eighty thousand dollars. So he tells his father-in-law, the kidnappers have demanded $1 million. $1 million. And will only go through him. And his father-in-law's like, I'm going to be the courier. I'm going to bring the money there. He stresses me out. Um, so then Shep finds Carl and beats him up. I mean. As you would. Kind of not to say he deserved it, but he was kind of a grumpy grump grump, and he didn't even necessarily want to pay the money to help his daughter. Which I know this was set up, and we're not supposed to be on like the why am I thinking? Is his name Larry or Jerry? I'm having a brain fart. Who William H. Macy, Jerry, Jerry, thank you. Oh my god, I was fighting for my life. And we're not supposed to be on Jerry's side, but, like, it kind of sucks that his father-in-law wouldn't put up the money for his own daughter. Like, that's such bullshit. Right. Am I wrong? Like, that ain't it. And he's dude. rich, too. For real. Yeah. I feel like my parents, if I was kidnapped, they'd be like, anything. What's the cost? Because it sounds like that's his only daughter, too. Really? Like, he's... Your parents would do that? Do not kidnap me. <laughs> I have things to do. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I feel like any parent, if their kid was kidnapped, if they love their kid, would be like, what's the cost? We'll do anything. Whereas this guy's like, oh, they want that much money for her? Gross. Right? Not worth it. Not even my favorite daughter. It's only daughter. My favorite daughter is my company. (laughs) So then they go to have the ransom exchange in the parking garage. Um and then Wade will not hand the money over without seeing his daughter. Uh, so mm-hmm. Carl shoots him. Uh, then Wade shoots him I, in the jaw. Yeah. Lot of blood. That was gross. I also thought that Wade had a bulletproof vest on for a minute. I did too. 
Where would he get that? I don't know, but I really thought. I mean, I feel like as a rich person, shouldn't he just have one on hand? Yeah. yeah you know, all those wealthy people. That makes sense, right? Keeping them in their yeah. garage. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I'm a poor, but, <laughs> you know. But you're a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Better Period. than me. I'm rich in my own eyes. I'm rich of heart. <laughs> Um, so then he kills Wade and the parking garage attendant who refuses to let him leave, even though he's covered in blood. He keeps having this issue with parking lot attendants at the airport. He's like, I need to leave. And he's like, you still got to pay the $4. They have but one job. I get it. It's to attend. I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then back on the way to Moose Lake, he realizes the briefcase does not have $80,000. It has $1 million. So he takes the $80,000 out to split with his partner and then buries the rest along the highway in the movie. You don't do it in real life. You don't have to yeah. go to Brainerd mm-hmm. to look for... Do not go to Minnesota. You'll That's find the nothing. End of the sentence. Do not go to Minnesota. Maybe do not go to Minnesota. Anything you could do there, you can do in Wisconsin. It'll be a little warmer. So just chill here. <laughs> Just go to Ashland. Anything you want to do in Minnesota, you can do in Ashland, Wisconsin. Far north. When we went to Black River Falls. It was literally like 20 minutes from the border. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Where is where? Go to the Driftless region. That's all you need. Lacrosse. That's mm-hmm. right on the border. And there's a college there. That's true. We were. Hang on. It is important. Where was I? This is so important. Oh, but there's the second Franklin. Yeah, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump. Do you hear yourself? That was, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I feel like hop, skip, and a jump is also a very, like, Wisconsin-y. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he goes that back. Was on purpose. He goes back to the cabin, uh, and his partner has killed Jean because she wouldn't be quiet. I hate when that happens. <sighs> if only it was that easy, Gage probably would have put me out of my misery by now. Jesus Christ! I'm just You're kidding. Getting married. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Uh, so Carl says they should split up, and then they argue who will keep the car. And Carl's like, "I got shot in the face, you dumb big idiot." Uh, so then his partner kills him with an axe and puts him in a wood chipper. That part had me screaming. I looked at Gage. I was like, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a little dark. And I, he's like, of all the things you read and watch and like consume, this is what's dark for you. Yeah. And I was like, yes, you watch way darker stuff than that. Yeah, but. This is realistic. This was traumatic. It could happen. This was traumatic. Somebody could put me in a wood chipper. You know what I mean? That's, like, it's been done. That's why I don't spend much time in the area of wood chippers. No, me either. I don't trust myself. No, I know I would hurt myself. I know I would lose a finger or something. So then uh, Marge learns that her friend Mike lied. He had no wife. He did not lose a wife. He instead is just mentally ill. Ah, classic. Who hasn't been there? I mean, it was sad when that was revealed. I looked at Gage, I was like, that's also traumatic. Yeah. But also not impossible on the list of things that could happen in real life. So. 
So then. Yeah. Oh, side note. Yeah. When they were like, oh, side Dino, note. Dan. <laughs> when they were like, he lives in a diner. Mm-hmm. Did you think to yourself, oh, he's rich, rich? Because right? I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's wealthy. Yeah. Everyone at Marquette who lived in Edina uh, was very wealthy. It all came from like private schools, which whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. But damn, I you also, rich. Well, no. Yeah. I went to public high school, but like. Edina sounds like they like they say they're from Edina, and in the background you hear a ching. So, mm-hmm. uh, so then Marge goes to the dealership, and Jerry's like, "No cars are missing. I'll double check," and then he drives away. Iconic, honestly, iconic. Just, that part had me dead. I just gotta go double check the lot. Oh. oh, let me go double check the lot. See, I can't even do it. Oh, I just gotta go double check the lot. Oh, I just got to double check the lot. It sounds wrong. Because <laughs> you're thinking about it. Yeah. So then she goes up to Moose Lake because a bartender heard someone bragging about killing something. And mm-hmm. she sees the car and she sees him putting his body into the wood chipper. The foot sticking up? Right. Terrifying. Zero out of ten. So she shoots him in the leg and arrests him. Killer queen. Love it. Slay, slay. Also, it was stupid of him to run out onto the lake like that. I turned to Gage and I said, what if somebody had cut a hole in the ground? I know it's the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. But, go but ice you should fishing. never just run out onto the... Yeah, but like you got to be careful. You don't know... Like There were clearly no other ice fishermen around. Mm-hmm. You can't just run out onto a lake. What if the ice isn't thick on that lake? If nobody else is fishing and it didn't look like they were, uh-huh. that could be dangerous. I don't think they were thinking about Many that. Many times. What? I don't think they were thinking about that. I don't think well, he was thinking. Many times, I think he was just thinking run. In the winter, my grandma and grandpa's lake, somebody would drive out and their truck would go underwater. At least once a year you'd hear about it. Oh my gosh. It's just not that thick. Absurd. That was a very Wisconsin story. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Jerry gets arrested at a motel in Bismarck, North Dakota. And then mm. Marge goes home and... Her husband says the the post office has selected his painting of a mallard for a three-cent stamp. Okay, Gage and I had a discussion about this, because he's like, they don't ever, he never asks her about her day. And I was Mm -hmm. like, don't you think, like, he knows her day is stressful, so they just, like, have nice little conversations about his mallard painting? Like, what does he do for a living? Nothing? Is he a a house husband? Amazing. Let them, let Norm be. Yeah. I love Norm. I love Norm, too. I think there are a lot of ways to read this scene. The way that I read it was that even after her very stressful day and everything, mm-hmm. um, I, this is probably a more dour reading than um, how you read it. She still has to come home and be like the supportive wife um, oh. in spite of everything. But I like I your guess. reading better of just they're in a very healthy relationship and they're very supportive yeah. of each other. I just think, like, he brought her Arby's at work. I think that's very sweet. She bought him Nightcrawlers. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they just love each other, and he understands that her job is incredibly stressful, and she's pregnant. He probably doesn't want to bring extra stress into the home. Right. So he's like, hey, you know what? Let's just talk about nice things today. That's how I interpreted it. I could be looking at it through rose-colored glasses. I like that reading. I'm not going to rule that out. I'm going to go with that one. Gage agreed with me, so. Good. Thank you. And that is Fargo. That's the movie. I loved it. It's really so fun. This it's movie so good. Flew for me. Yes. Yeah. 
just everything about it the the writing the acting the directing the cinematography everything it's just all it's all so good well and like i said it's just quintessential midwest in a lot of ways like minus all the crime and the murder (laughs) and the sex with hookers everything else was relatable okay you know minus the crime and the murder everything else was relatable oh dan (laughs) how spicy yeah very spicy that's obvious. No, but you know what I mean? Like the, tr- yup, that's Dan. Been in a relationship with my wife since I was 19. Mm. Hookers every day. Yup. Why are they called hookers? <laughs> I feel like actually we shouldn't say hookers. I'm sorry, everyone. Sex workers. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. That was my bad. I was caught up in the moment. I'm Come sorry. Come on. Sorry to the hardworking people. Sex work is work. It absolutely That's not is. a joke. That's no, it absolutely is. is. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I'm just trying to catch catch any flack. Please. I'm too sick to be canceled. <laughs> you can't cancel me. I have a cold. Literally. It's a spicy cold, okay? It's COVID, but I'm not that sick, so it's a spicy cold. Coldvid. If I had, like, really bad COVID, it would be COVID, but it's... I tested positive, but my left nostril was just a little plugged. It's a spicy cold. Your sentence was, if I had really bad COVID, I would have COVID. Just fun. Just wanted to point that one out. Yeah. Yeah. And? And, Dan? Nothing. Did I stutter? (laughs) I got some trivia for you. Okie dokie. I said that on purpose with an accent. So it was William H. Macy's idea to have Jerry rehearse before making the phone call about his wife's kidnapping. Slay. Excellent choice, King. Right. I thought that was so fun. Um, and I was going to say William H. Macy has experience with crime, considering that his wife is Felicity Huffman, um, who went to jail for... What did she go to jail for? Something with, like, college admissions. Was it... I was just going to say, was she the other one with Lori yeah. Lachlan or whatever? Oh, my God. How did he not go to jail for that, then? He wasn't involved in it, apparently. Whoa, imagine waking up and finding... Whoa! Here's Okay, here's what it says. Uh, in March 2019, it was reported that Macy and Huffman had agreed to pay someone $15,000 to take the college entrance exam for their daughter, Sophia. Huffman was indicted on fraud and conspiracy charges. For undisclosed reasons, no charges were filed against Macy. Wow. Okay, I got it now. I have Felicity Huffman confused with Tony Collette. Okay. I see that. They look similar. Who I also had confused. Hang on. <laughs> with who? Um, with Francis McDormand. Hmm. I just had okay. a brain on Francis McDormand's name is all. You know I met Felicity That's... Huffman? When? I can tell you. It was spring or it was the fall of twenty eighteen. She was at Marquette for some reason, um, oh. talking to a very small group of students because they did not promote her being there at all. Uh, and I introduced her and uh, John Ridley, who she was there with. Wow. Um, and then, you know, did you? four months later, she was arrested. Classic. Do you know Frances McDormand is married to Joel Cohen? Yeah. They have a son named Pedro. Love it interesting pedro mcdormand cohen yeah 
That's crazy. This is my son, Fernando O'Keefe. Honestly, I guess. Uh, so after they were finished filming the scene where Carl and his partner get pulled over by a state trooper, uh, the two of them were actually pulled over by a policewoman asking for their license and registration in the car they used for the movie on their way to a pancake house. Did they say, oh, this was um, this was not a real car. It's for a movie. They accused the Coen brothers of staging it, but they have denied that. Oh, that's funny. Um, I still can't. What? I can't believe Felicity Huffman jail uh, oh my god there's pics of her in jail this is crazy is she still there no she was there for like 10 days oh martha stewart did time yeah i can't like two else, years you know serve your time um they had the the writers had francis mcdormand and john carroll lynch who plays norm come up with a backstory for them they decided <laughs> that the two of them met while working on the police force and then they got married they had to choose which one had to quit and since Marge was the better cop, Norm quit and took up painting. Oh! Norm, slay! Right? He's a feminist. He's a feminist. Changed my mind. There was also... See, no wonder he didn't want to talk about it, because he know He probably had the tea already. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't see it. It was his turn. There... Defend Norm. <laughs> my boy Twisty. There's a spinoff TV show... On FX called Fargo. Um, Yes. That's like an anthology show. There was also a pilot filmed in 1997 that was supposed to be set slightly after the movie starring Edie Falco. Interesting. Um, It did not get picked up. It was directed by Kathy Bates. The Kathy Bates? The Kathy Bates of Titanic fame and Misery. Oh, thank you. And... Richard Jewell. Fried green tomatoes, but okay. I don't know. American Horror Story. Horror Story. With my boy Twisty. Harry's Top Law. Full circle. Full circle. That's all the trivia I have. I have a question for you, that, Anna. I have an answer for you. Would this movie be better or worse than the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas as the son? Oh, better. Better. I would have believed him more when he said he was going to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Would you? I don't think yeah. that. Uh, I don't think that that boy has eaten McDonald's. No, he hasn't. He's like a vegetarian, but I would have believed him. Like his acting's better, mm-hmm. so I'm like, yeah, it's believable that you went to McDonald's. Absolutely. Well, what about? Go get your McDouble, <laughs> King. <laughs> that's well with him. That's a meal for a week. Literally, me too, though. <laughs> uh, what about Jimmy Stewart as Jerry? I think it would it, it would be funny. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Wah, wah, wah. You're darn tootin'. Try to think what's that. It would be so good. Uh, uh, this could work out real good for me and Gene and Scotty. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, uh, what the heck do you mean? I'm just going through the quotes page. On, there are not a lot of... Long Jerry Lundegaard quotes. No, but they did say you guys a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. which reminded me that that is, in fact, colloquial. That's true. Or regional. Uh, well, we've never done this before, but seeing as it's special circumstances and all, uh, 
He said I can knock a hundred dollars off that true coat. Mm-hmm. It's turning into. It, it always turns into um, Barney Fife. I knew you were gonna say Barney Fife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know what I sound like. I know my voice. Yeah, you know your instrument. I know my yes, my instrument. Yes. I need to rosin it up. Ew, rosin <laughs> used to make my fingers so dry. Anyway. Why were you touching it? Because I played violin for 14 years. Yeah, why were you touching the rosin, though? Because you hold it to put it on your bow. Yeah, you hold the... You don't hold the actual, like... It's in, like, a box. Well, if it, if it breaks off... Oh, you, you were just, just too aggressive it. with yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I played the bass. I know what rough. we're talking about. You played the bass? Shut I the did. fuck up. I had a black-haired bow. Oh, my God. He thinks he's a bad bitch. I was a bad bitch. Everybody thought it was super cool. The rosin that's like this big. That is actually really sick. Yeah. My violin was orange. I wanted the dark colored one, but my mom said I should get the orange one because it sounded brighter. (laughs) Which is true. I mean, the type of wood did affect the sound, Mm -hmm. but I think that the pretty dark brown one would have sounded just as nice as the orange one. My bass was rented for the entirety of me playing it, and they had no record Mm -hmm. of us renting it, so we never paid anything. Damn, it was free okay. for seven years or something. Hmm. My violin, I own it. It's over there. Pull it Next out. to a bass. That Fiddle I... us a little tune. You don't have Fiddle to do this. I can play a lot of things by ear, but I, it's not tuned at all. I'm so jealous. I can't play anything by ear on any instrument. Yeah, I have to like find the first note, and then I can usually do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add about Fargo? I really enjoyed it. I like Coen Brothers movies. I really love Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I liked Racing Arizona, so I wasn't really shocked that I liked this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't ask you. That's all. Uh, on a scale of one to one to five bodies being put into a wood chipper, what do you give it? Four and a half. There are a couple parts where I was like, wait, what? But I think that's more so because I'm easily confused uh-huh. and not on them. I had to ask Gage, I was like, do we know what the deal is yet? And he goes, no, don't worry. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but that's on me, so not on them. Um, but I liked it. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because I was like, oh, it takes place in the snow. Ugh. That's why I have to but like it. I had it. a good time. Yeah. But then I had a good time. Good. I'm happy for you. I, How about you? I, same. Four and a half out of five. Perfect. Fun time. Slay. Slay. Not traumatizing at all. You know what might be traumatizing? Not traumatizing. I have no idea. Mm. The movie that we're talking about next week, Burn After Reading. I feel like that's a little intense. Well, it's got John Malkovich in it, so. Who else is in it? Anybody else I know? Brad Pitt. When he was young and hot? 2008. And George Clooney. And Francis McDormand. And Tilda Swinton. Tilda? Mm -hmm. Say less. We love Tilda in this house. Have you ever seen Michael Clayton? I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have seen Tilda in Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> no, I don't know who that is. Ah, uh, Michael Clayton. It's great. Talk to. Oh, it's a movie? Yeah, talk to any Apple. me or Tom. Don't worry. Yeah, let me put it in the group chat that I forced you guys to have with me. <laughs> um, 
that is it for this week's episode of In Conclusion. If you want to find us, we're on social media on Facebook and Twitter at and In Conclusion on Instagram at In Conclusion Podcast. I am on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86 and on TikTok at not Dan O'Keefe. And on Instagram, if you listen through the episode, I gave you my handle. I'm not giving it to you again. I don't know why you would skip to the end of the episode to hear it instead of skipping this part. I don't know. Anna, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Adamus Prime 818, or you can find me on Twitter at Autobots Roll Out, capital O for Auto, capital D for Bots, capital R for Roll in the O, and Roll in the O, and Out are zeros. Or you can follow my dog. She's way cuter than me on Instagram at JesterThePup1017. She's been a good nurse for me during COVID this week, so mm. go give her some love. I don't believe you, but... She has been. She's been cuddling up to me and screaming in my face. On Tuesday, when I was very sad about being sick because I had to reschedule my dress shopping appointment because nobody wants to come hang out with you the day after you're released from quarantine. I get mm-hmm. it. Um, she was the only reason why I got out of bed. So oh my gosh. I was really sad. Okay, I got That's over fair. it. But That's I was fair. really sad. Not to sound like a first world problem, even though it is, but I was really sad. So You can be sad. No one should Thanks, Dan. tell you you can't be sad. Just you're dead. Okay. She well. said you can't be sad because I don't like when you and dad are in different rooms and uh, <laughs> this is stressing me out. So. Uh, well, we will be back next week with Burn After Reading. In the meantime, everybody stay safe and have fun. Bye-bye. Bye. I guess I could stop being lazy. I guess. Podcast.